man so feeble She'd been for so long The doctors had wondered What's kept her holding on Her family was gathered around Her bedside to pray Oh, and she woke for a moment And saw them standing there She said, don't be weeping I'm not going anywhere Until my Savior calls me I'll be right here Awaiting on my ride To come anytime It may be tomorrow It could be tonight All that I know Is when He calls me I'm ready to go Should He come in the clouds I'm glory bound Don't look for me I'm just about in my time down here in this life, waiting on my ride. I don't feel at home in this world anymore since I knelt at the altar and made Jesus my choice. There's a pull from the far side of Jordan, gets stronger each day. So if I go by the grave or caught up in the air, either way I'm a winner, for I know I'll be there until my Savior calls me. I'll be right here, waiting on my ride to come anytime. It may be tomorrow, it could be tonight, all that I know. It's when He calls me, I'm ready to go. Should He come in the clouds, I'm glory bound. Don't look for me, I'll not be found. I'm just abiding my time down here in this life, waiting on my ride. I'm just abiding my time down here in this life. I have something laid upon my heart this morning. I first preached this message in November of 2002. Uh, Nearly ten years ago, this was the very first message that I preached at the Congress Free Will Baptist Church on that night. It was our trial sermon. And look where God's brought us from since then. God's been good to us. Amen. And I don't know why the Lord laid this upon my heart to preach this morning, but He did. And all I can do is try my best to preach it and uh, trust that you'll be obedient unto God when you hear the words. Um, The Lord has blessed us tremendously. And... um, Again, I don't understand why the Lord would would have me to preach it again, other than somebody here needs it, somebody here maybe needs some encouragement. I don't know. Uh, maybe some here need somebody here needs to prepare for that ride, uh, that ride in the air when it comes. Yeah. I'm sure this message has been preached thousands of times since I preached it then, somewhere somehow. I'm sure it was probably preached thousands of times before I did. Because it's right here in the Word of God. 
But uh, the Lord laid it upon our hearts to do this for you this morning. In honor and reverence unto Him, uh, turn in your Bible to 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1. Amen. That's a good sound when you're turning through the Bible. Like I said earlier, that song might not have meant nothing to you before this message. But I'm hoping and praying that it will mean something to you after the message. First Peter chapter 1, interested in verses 1 through 7. Let's stand for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message this morning. I hope it gives you help. You listen fast, I'll preach fast, and then we'll go eat. Amen? First Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance and undefiled, incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I'm interested particularly in verse number 4. To an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Think about this thought just for a little while as we preach to you this morning. I've got a ride coming. Think about it. I've got a ride coming. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, in Jesus' name, we do love you. We thank you for what we've already felt around the house of God. Lord, I pray that you would lead us, guide us, and direct us in every word that is to be said here this morning. Lord, I pray that you would undergird us with your spirit and your power that we may preach your word in truth. Uh, God, I pray and uh, that you would bind all those principalities and powers of darkness, of sinful places and high places, God. Lord, I pray that you would bind them away by your precious blood. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd pull up a hedge around me and undergird me with your spirit and your power. Loose this tongue, let it go to where we may preach your word to where when we leave this building today we'll understand and know that we'll all have made reservation for the ride that's going to be coming our way one day and Lord we just love you and thank you for what you're doing in Jesus name we do humbly pray amen and amen thank you you may be seated verse number four again says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled 
and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, if you've got something reserved for you, you must have made a reservation. And if you've got a reservation, you've got to have a way to get to where you're going. So, undoubtedly, we've got a ride coming. If you're saved, you've got a reservation in heaven. If you're saved, you must have a way to get to where He is. So surely, you've got a ride coming. And if you have a reservation, and if you've got a ride, you must already have a right to rejoice. And we should be rejoicing already because this place is not going to be our home. One day we're going to leave here. And a matter of fact, I know somebody's going to sweep down one day and give me a ride to the house. Amen. I want you to look at a few things because if I've got a ride coming and if I've got a ride coming, I've got a ride coming because first of all, according to the Scriptures, I am a stranger. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And folks, if we're strangers, and the Bible declares unto you that we are strangers, we're strangers in a foreign land, we're just sojourners, or we're just passing through, and folks, you can't get out of a strange country unless you know somebody that can come by, pick you up, and get you out. I'm in a strange country, amen. This is not going to be my home. It's is only a temporary dwelling, amen. And if I'm a stranger this morning, Brother Harold, I must be strange in some things. Well, first of all, I'm strange in my salvation. It's all by grace and not by works. Listen, I'm saved by the marvelous graces of God that shed upon my life back on January 3 of 93. My reservation was made and now I've got a ride coming to take me to that reservation in the sky. And thank God I may be a little strange in my salvation, but it's by the blood of Jesus Christ that you can only have this reservation. It's only through Christ's blood and believing in Him and accepting that free pardon that He has to offer you. If you got a ride coming, you got to be strange in some things. I'm strange in my separation. Amen. We ought to look like we're going somewhere. If you got a ride coming, you ought to act like you're headed somewhere. I was flipping through the television just yesterday, and I got to looking, and there was this guy on TV. He was preaching. He had his cowboy hat on. He had his cowboy tie on. He had a western shirt and his cowboy boots, and he had on blue jeans. He walked out from behind that crystal clear podium, and all of a sudden, all you seen was his belt was hanging down around his knees. Listen, folks, I'm here to tell you, I want to look like I'm headed somewhere. I don't want to look like I'm going to ride a horse and I sure don't want to look like this world. Amen. If you got a rider coming, you're going to be separated in some things. Amen. Soon as I got saved, I didn't even know the Scripture existed. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Folks, I believe that's one of the problems why we can't be a great witness for God today. It's because they claim to be saved, but then they don't have nothing cleaned up in their life. 
I got a ride coming. I'm strange in some things. Amen. Not only strange, not only strange in my salvation and strange in my separation, but I'm strange in my scripture. Amen. Uh, the Bible tells, still tells me that Jesus is the only way. Uh, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father but by Him. Uh, listen, our Bible, thank God for the old King James Version of the Bible. Listen, I don't want to read a paraphrase. Uh, I want to read what the Word of God says. Amen. Uh, listen, anybody can give you a paraphrase. Yeah, yeah. Better watch what you read. Amen. Huh? If it ain't got KJV on the back, you ought to trade it in on something else. Huh? Amen. Amen. Plus, it's some of the most beautifulest literature known to man. And then they go in and they mess it all up. Well, I don't understand the these and the thous. Get saved, start praying, and start reading. It'll come to you. Amen. It'll come to you. I'm strange in my salvation, strange in my separation, and strange in my Scripture. I might be strange, but thank God I've got a ride coming. Amen. Amen. Uh, listen, i got a ride coming, number two, because I'm a sheep. Look at First Peter chapter number two. First Peter chapter number two and verse number 25. For ye were as sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Folks, if I've got a ride coming, I've got to be a sheep. I've got a ride coming because I am a sheep. I'm a found sheep. Amen. I once was lost, but now I'm found, the old song says. Thank God by His marvelous grace. I didn't go to church that day looking for Jesus. I went to church that day just to, just to make mama happy and to make other members of the family happy. I thought I'd roll up in there and be, be Mr. Bad Dude, but God had other plans. He swept down by the way of the Holy Ghost, arrested me, drugged me to an altar prayer, and I had to get forgiveness of my sins and ask the Lord to come into my heart and thank God I did now I've got a rider coming amen yeah. if you don't know what I'm talking about you need to get in on this thing amen yeah. hallelujah I'm falling apart again either I'm getting rounder or this cord's getting shorter somebody needs to tell me amen I didn't ask you brother I got a ride coming because I'm a sheep. I'm a found sheep. But thank God I'm a free sheep. I'm free because of the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, You know what the Bible says? Uh, Without the shedding of blood, uh, there is no remission for our sin. Thank God I'm free by the blood. I'm free. Hey, if you got a ride coming, you've been freed by the blood. Amen. I'm a found sheep. I'm a free sheep. But look at chapter 2 and verse number 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere miracle of the Word that you may grow hereby. I'm not only a found sheep and a free sheep. Thank God I'm a fed sheep. I like when God feeds me. Amen. Thank God I'm not a goat. (laughs) But I'm a sheep. Did you know God ain't in the goat business? God's in the sheep business. You can kill the sheep trying to feed the goats. 
Did you ever notice that a goat eat anything? Do your goats eat just about anything? No, your goats are trained. <laughs> I've talked to some people before that have owned goats. And they kept them in their backyard, Brother Joe, and they, they fenced in their backyard and they kept goats in the backyard. The newspaper man, the delivery boy, forgot to how strong his arm was and he threw the newspaper and it went into the back there where those goats were. Guess what those goats ate? Those goats ate the newspaper. The man that had the goats uh, had a vinyl siding on his house. Guess what the goats started to eat then? Began to eat the siding on the back of the house. They began to uh, chew on that siding, Brother Damon, and and completely pulled it off and, and, and began to eat the siding off your house. He said, I don't understand it, preacher. I'll go out there. i give them some feed to eat. Uh, but I look around and they're over there chewing on pine cones. <laughs> chewing on the side of my house. Chewing on the wooden on my deck. He says, these stinking goats will eat anything. I'm glad I'm not a goat. Yeah. A goat will eat just about anything that comes along. A goat will listen to about anything that comes along. You know, come along with the church gossip, got a tongue about 40 foot long, and they roll it out and start flapping a little bit, uh, and that goat will come along and just eat it all up. Thank God I'm glad I ain't a goat. I got to, I gave this illustration in Sunday school because it was fresh on my mind. Just happened this past week. I run into a dear sister at the store. And uh, uh, she looked at me. She said, Preacher, uh, me and my husband, my family, we're praying about coming to your church. I said, Is that right? I said, well, don't y'all go to so-and-so's church? And they said, no, we used to go there, but then we went over here, and then we went over there, and then we went what it broke ball down to was this. They'd done been to four churches in three years. Four churches in three years. I said, sister already over there done read my mind. She said, Lord, please don't come here. <laughs> Amen. I said, well, sister, what's wrong? You, you, you can't get settled. It's like you're eating everything comes along. Yeah. Sort of like a goat's what I had in my mind. I said, what's going on? Well, I got mad at the preacher over here, and I got mad at the deacon at this church, and I got mad at my friend at this church, and my other friend over here at this church, I got mad at them. I said, Lord, have mercy, you'll probably walk in our church and get mad at everybody. She said, well, preacher, what do you think I need to do? I said, you probably just need to go back to where you started and make it right and do what's right. I said, sister, I can understand sometimes people change churches. I understand people leave churches for whatever reason. But what you're telling me, that's just trivial stuff. That's what I told her. She didn't like my answers and she ain't here today. A lot of times people don't like the truth. I told her, I said, Sister, do you think there's something wrong with all of those churches? And I know these churches. I know these pastors. I know they're good churches. I said, Sister, you really think there's something wrong in every one of those churches? Yeah, I do. I said, Sister, you need to take inventory of your life. It might be you. Hey, listen, if you can't get grounded, if you can't get settled in a house of God that preaches the Word, that preaches to your heart, that'll love you, that'll pastor you, that'll take care of you, listen, get in one that will, stay in one that can, get grounded in the Word of God, get behind the leadership of the church and say, thank God we're going to ride on 
it in. Amen. Man, I've heard some of the most silliest stuff in my life. I've heard this. Bless God, preacher didn't shake my hand. I got a little more to do than be a politician. I love you. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm mad because the preacher didn't tell me he was going out of town. <laughs> Who said I had to tell you when I'd done anything? Amen. Amen. Huh? Listen, hallelujah. Just get grounded into the Word of God. Get grounded in the church. Get in there, I mean, and start helping us plow. Amen. Instead of getting behind us, get beside of us and help us roll a little bit. Amen. 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 Thank God I got a rider coming. Yeah. And thank God I ain't no goat. But thank God I am a sheep. Yeah. And I done covered that last one there. A found sheep, a fed sheep, a free sheep. But must God be a following sheep. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong following the leadership of the church. Huh? Nothing wrong with it. Look in the Bible, chapter 2, there, verse 21. For even unto where ye called... Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. Uh, Listen, I'm not saying follow man. I'm saying follow the man of God. Follow the leadership of the church because they are supposed to be following God. But some people don't believe that God speaks to ordained men any more differently than He does anybody else. You get called to preach, you get ordained, then you can preach. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me remind you of what my good friend Mike McCoy said during the week of revival. They left one church, they went to another. They went to this one. They jumped to that one. They hip-scopped over here. And they went over there. And they went over there. And what they found out was they're serving the same plate of biscuits at that one. And the same plate there. 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 Listen, get grounded and get with the program. Amen. Yes, sir. I've got a ride coming. I'm going somewhere. I've got a ride coming because I'm a sufferer. What do you mean, preacher? Look at chapter 4. Verse number 16. Chapter 4, verse number 16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Some people ask me, preacher, why do Christians have to suffer? Why do people suffer? I've got the answer to that. If you want to write it down, you can write it down. If you want to get a copy of the message, then get a copy of the message. I'm going to tell you now why people suffer. Number one, keeps this world from being too attractive. Think about it. Oh, it keeps you on your knees sometimes when you go through a little bit of suffering. And a matter of fact, some things we call suffering is not really suffering at all. Keeps this world from coming too too attractive. Number two, it brings out our best. Number three, it silences the enemy. Number four, it makes us appreciative of what God's done for us. Number five, it makes us more dependent on God. Number six, it purifies us when we're suffering because we find ourselves crying out to Him. It makes us more sympathetic when others come through our life, maybe in the same situation that we've been in. It teaches us how to pray earnestly and perseveringly. That's why we suffer. 
Thank God, listen, I may suffer a little bit through this life for the cause of Christ, but we can be happy in our suffering. Amen. We can be happy in our suffering. What do you mean, preacher? We can be happy in our suffering because of the direction that we're going. Listen, this world is not going to last forever. It's just going to last for a short time. And we're getting out of here. We can rejoice and be happy because of the distance that we've already come with Him and because of the destiny that we had and where we're headed. Listen, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. You can't quit on God. I've seen so many people quit on God. They just turn their backs, Brother Howard, and they they just say they don't want the Lord no more. They don't want the church no more. I'd hate to know and to be in those people's shoes. Listen, I can't make it another day without the Lord Jesus Christ walking with me and talking with me. We need our God. And they'll say, oh, oh, I'm just going to lay down the cross. I'm glad he didn't lay it down halfway up Calvary's hill. He buried it all the way. You can't quit on God. Why? Because you got a ride coming. Listen to me now. Noah, why'd you keep on working? Why'd you spend all those years on that boat and the water's never even falling from the sky? Why did you do it? Noah probably said, because I've got a ride coming. I had to keep working. Amen. Moses, why'd you keep waiting? Why'd you keep waiting for God to move upon those people out there in the wilderness? Moses, why did you wait so patiently on them? He would probably tell you and I because he knew he had a a rider coming. Enoch, why didn't you just quit walking with God? I couldn't quit walking with God, Enoch would tell you, because I knew I had a ride coming. And thank God, God took him up in a whirlwind and took him up to be with him. Listen, he had a ride coming. Paul couldn't quit worshiping. Why? Because he had a ride coming. In that Philippian jail... Them walls began to rumble. That wasn't Paul breaking out. That was God breaking in. Huh? That was God breaking in. And when God broke in, it broke out. (laughs) Paul couldn't quit worshiping because he knew he had a ride coming. Number four, I'll be through. We got a ride coming because we're soldiers in God's army. Look at chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 8 through 11. The Bible says these words. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil. Remember that. Your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Thank God I don't need to be conformed to be this to this world, but I'm transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Listen, you got a ride coming because you're a soldier with a ready mind. Don't let the devil mess with your mind. An idle mind is a playground for Satan. Yeah. 
I got a ride coming because we're soldiers with the right motive. What is our purpose? What is our what is our motive here today? Number one, evangelize the lost. Number two, edify the saints or lift them up. Number three, equip the saints to do the work of the Lord. Number four, people don't like this one, expose sin. Number five, uh, to elevate society. Number six, to expound upon the Scriptures. And folks, if you're going to be a soldier, and if you get a soldier and you've got a ride coming, this thing's got to mean something to you. It's got to mean something to you. Folks, I don't get up here and do what I do or do what I do on a daily basis for a paycheck. No siree. Don't do that. All I can say is this. Before the hell bomb hits. Before the tribulation falls. My ride's coming back and taking me to the house. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 16 and 17. Listen closely. He says, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I like to say it like this. One of these days, I'm getting out of here and when I get out of here I'm I'm taking flight 417 that's the scripture amen I'm taking flight 417 what does that mean to you it means this number one it's operated by rapture airlines it's pilot owner and operator is the Lord Jesus Christ himself our destination is from earth to heaven our reservations have already been prearranged the departure time is in such an hour as you think not as a thief in the night in a moment in the twinkling of an eye thank God my ride's coming I'm getting out of this whole wicked world I'm going to be with Jesus huh take your flight today we need to get with flight 417 some people ask me they said preacher how you know he's coming it's real simple how do you know when somebody's coming by your house to pick you up? How do you know? How do you know? No, uh they don't tell me. They just come up in my yard and blow the horn. Guess what's going to happen when the Lord comes and gets me for that ride? He's going to blow his horn. <laughs> Woo! That horn's going to blow and I'm getting out of here. Amen. I was in... Taylorsville, North Carolina, approximately 11 years ago. Big old camp meeting they have there. Seven, eight hundred people gather around under that tabernacle every June around Father's Day. And boy, I'm here to tell you, it gets sweet in that place. And there's this old boy that always came to the camp meeting. His name was Paul. And I was actually there that night when the uh, brother LeVon Boltner told this story. Paul always liked to go to the camp meetings in the area. Whether it be down at Taylorsville, or whether it be over in Hickory or wherever it be. 
Paul would show up to the camp meeting. He just loved to be blessed. And boy, when Paul prayed, people took attention because that man could pray. But Paul had a little situation. He didn't have no car to drive. And everybody always wondered how in the world did Paul get to where he is going? How did Paul get here? They got to thinking about that thing. And anyway, the meeting went on through the day and went through the night. And then the next day, uh, Paul lived about 35 miles from Taylorsville. And you have to be there because you're talking about an old-time camp meeting. It's wooden benches under a tin building with the doors rolled up with cedar shavings on the floor. Amen. And when they take up an offering, they put these big bowls up here on the altar. And you come up there and put your offering in the bowl. Just as country as can be. Just as old-fashioned as can be. I loved it. Loved it. And the preacher began to tell this story about old Paul. A man told Paul that night that uh, he'd come by and pick him up and gave him a time that he'd be there. Well, Paul began to look out his window and began to watch his clock. and The man never did come. Paul got a little bit down in the mouth and began to pray unto God and said, Lord, I... Sure do want to go to camp meeting tonight, but you know I don't have no way to get there. It's 35 miles down the road, Lord, and I, I can't get there. It's almost time for the service to start. I just can't, I don't know what to do. Paul had a little place out behind his house that he went and prayed. And Paul went down there and prayed and prayed unto God, something like this. He said, Lord, I need your help. I'm wanting to go to camp meeting tonight. I don't have no way to get there. Paul said the Lord spoke to his heart and said, Start walking that way, son. you got a ride coming. Yeah. Paul got out on the interstate and began to walk toward Taylorsville and toward their camp meeting. And Paul didn't walk very far. Two preachers drove by going 55, 60 miles an hour. Yeah. And they both looked behind and said, Hey, wait a minute. That's old Paul. He's been at the camp meeting all week. Stop. Pull over. Pull over. They pulled over into the Mercer Lane, backed up a little bit, and Paul met him right there. Preacher rolled down the window and said, Paul, you ain't going to church tonight? He said, well, I was a-going, but my ride didn't come by and pick me up the way he said he was. Yeah. He said, well, Paul, you, you going to the camp meeting? He said, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to the service. He said, Paul, you planning on walking all the way? He said, no, I ain't planning on walking all the way. They said, well, what do you mean, Paul? He said, well, I went back there and prayed. The Lord told me to start walking this way because I had a ride coming. Woo! Them preachers' tears started filling their eyes. They said, boy, get in the car. Your ride's here. Amen. They took Paul all the way to the camp meeting. And they even made it before the first song was sung. They made it before the first prayer was said. Thank God I'm here to tell you. I might be walking on a journey this morning. But thank God I ain't got to walk all the way. The Lord's got a ride coming for me. He's going to pick me up and take me out of here. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad. I want to take everybody with us. And you should go too. Amen. 
Let me encourage you Christians today to do this. The journey may get difficult. The journey may get hard. It may get times when you get discouraged. But go ahead and walk another mile. Go ahead and take another curve. Go ahead and keep walking toward heaven. Because I promise you, according to thus saith the word, if you're saved, you've got a ride coming. The trumpet's going to sound. The horn's going to blow. And we're getting out of here. Amen. Got a right to come. The question is, do you? Do you? Listen, I didn't come to the church house this morning to tickle ears. I didn't come to the church house to see what so and so was wearing. I didn't come but for one reason and one reason only. That's to come worship Him in truth and in spirit and preach the Word of God to you. You get saved, you start walking. You got a ride coming. (laughs) I don't know where I'm at on the road, but thank God I've got a ride coming. Brother Damon, it may be 40 years from now, it may be 45 years from now, whether I go by the grave or where that horn blows and trumpet sounds and I'm raptured out with the church. One way or the other, I've got a ride coming and I've got assurance that I'm saved today. The question is, do you have assurance that you're saved? I've got a ride coming. I want you to stand. They're going to play that song back there one more time for invitational hymn. Listen to the words of it. It may mean a little bit more to you now than it did earlier. If you've got a need this morning, this altar's open. You may be discouraged and, and, and you may have run through your mind. The devil may have played with your mind this week and said, Hey, you need to just give up and quit. Don't give up and quit. Amen. You've got a ride coming. Oh, but preacher, I'm so discouraged. I don't know which way to turn. Don't be discouraged. Keep on walking that way. You've got a ride coming. He's going to pick you up somewhere along the line. He's made a promise to you. Oh, but preacher, I don't know anything about this ride. I don't know anything about it. You can. You can make your reservation sure today. Yeah. All you need to do is lay on the altar of prayer. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart if He's drawing you. Let the Lord God of heaven help you. We've got a ride coming. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day and your many blessings of life that you bestowed upon us. God, I pray that you would meet the needs around this altar. I pray you'd save that one closest to hell. Lord, encourage the ones that may be discouraged. Allow them to know that we do have a ride coming from another country to take these strangers out of a strange land. God, I do thank you for all that you'll do for us. In Jesus' precious holy name we do pray. Amen. Oh, you come if you got a need. So feeble, she'd been for so Listen. The doctors had wondered what's kept her holding on. <laughs> her family was gathered around her bedside to pray. Oh, listen. She woke for a moment and saw them standing there. She said, Don't be weeping. I'm not going. I'm not anywhere going anywhere. Until 
I'll be right here. Is there another? You need help this morning. You come gather on this altar and pray. Oh, you may have some in your life and in your family that's not ready for the ride. And folks, if that's the case, you need to pray for them. I'll not be found. Just biding my time. Waiting on my ride. I don't feel at home. <laughs> oh, listen. There's a pull from the far side of Jordan that gets stronger each day. Oh, it gets a little sweeter each and every day. So if I go by the rain or caught up in the air, either way I'm a winner, for I know I'll, I'll be there, thank right God. Wait no more I'll be ready to go. I'm glory bound. And he could come at any moment. These are gathered around here praying. They're going to play that again. I'm going to ask Sister Bradley if she will uh, come be anointed on behalf of my wife and mother and those that are sick this morning. Come on, Sister. God bless you. Come back tonight, okay? You're dismissed. <laughs> Hallelujah.